Welcome to The Do Zone, where real entrepreneurs share real strategies about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. Tag me at JT Literally and show me what you do in The Do Zone. Every week, I'll post the best pick to post, uh, to feature across all my social networks. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur looking to hit seven this year, there are three key shifts that you need to make in order for that to be possible. Go to imfactor1.com now, and I'll show you exactly what those three key shifts are and how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's imfactor1.com. Today's guest is Chris Masiello. Chris is has built a successful nearly 40-year career spanning a variety of nationally recognized business units in the real estate and financial services sectors accounting for over $2 billion in annual sales. He is a recognized expert in team building, personal coaching, personal empowerment speaker, franchising, business leadership, marketing, and operations. His experience includes over 100 mergers and acquisitions in residential and commercial brokerage, property casualty insurance, title services, land development, and private equity. Chris, welcome to The Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Hey, Josh, really good to be with you and your community. Thanks so much for having me. Um, you know, it's kind of a simple one. Don't wait. Do now. Don't wait. Do now. Do it now. I feel like I need to get do that it. tattooed on me. Just do it now. You know, don't. I, I, I have this phrase, you know, don't worry about getting ready to get ready. Just go, right? Because once something is half, once you start something, it's half finished. Yeah. The hard part is just get going. So don't think do as, as uh, my grandson, he, he's um, playing football and, you know, he and I saw the new Maverick movie. Right. And then, yeah. and they, they upgraded him uh, into uh, the next level team. He's a good athlete. And he was all nervous about it, you know? And, and I said, Hey man, just like Maverick said, don't think do. Don't wait, do now. I love that. Do now. And, and, the, and it's, it really, is the key to success for a lot of people because we get stuck in planning phase and what if, what's going to happen, what if it doesn't work? But if you're doing it, you're going to find that out real quick. That's right. right. Awesome. I, I love that. And so uh, I'm I'm curious, you sound like you've you have been involved in hundreds, maybe thousands of high stakes transactions. Uh, for businesses and real estate. Uh, and so certainly you've picked up some perspective from people who did wait and didn't do now and some perspective sure. from some people who didn't wait and did do now. And what, tell me, maybe do you have a, a story that you can pull from the history of, okay, here's a guy that was all set and he was going to be wealthy and he was going to be set for life, but he waited too long. Well, as, as you know, the, the the entrepreneurial world is littered with that. It's it's the graveyard of indecision, and um, the uh, I've been very fortunate in my career. I started uh, we started as a as a small family company in New Hampshire, uh, doing insurance and real estate, and and then both of those grew into much larger nationally recognized enterprises. And then along the way, um, you know, we're really more of a financial services company and, you know, we have mortgage and title and, and we also do private equity and things like that. So it's a very, so I've, I've been very, very gifted. Um, I feel very, um, uh, you know, really 
very fortunate to have had such a diversity of opportunities. And, and, and I, and I think that there's this paralysis and I think you said it very well, right? I mean, you're in the planning phase. Well, you got to do some planning, of course. Right. Uh, and at the same time though, you don't want to over plan and, and opportunities don't really present themselves. There's like this risk factor where, where, like by the time you understand what the opportunity is fully, it's over. Hmm. So, so you're always, so I think, you know, for, for us as entrepreneurs, you know, we're always trying to intercept a timeline. We're always trying to make contact with the future, but if you make contact with the future too late, you missed it. And, and so like by the time something is like a guaranteed or by the time, by the time the risk is bled out of something, well, you've missed the opportunity because now everybody else sees the same things that you see. And now that, and then that space now is too crowded. And so I have this theory about, about when everybody's running to the left, I'm going to run to the right because all the opportunity is going to exist where there isn't anybody. That's right. Uh, you know, the best time to invest is when there's blood in the streets. Uh, yeah. And, and as you were talking, what I, what I was seeing in my head is the adoption curve. And, uh, I don't remember all of the labels of the adoption curve, but, uh, for those, for those of you listening that aren't maybe not familiar with it, every new idea or new product or new concept goes through this adoption curve where we've got the, the pioneers, the, the people that are on the front, on the fringe, like I'm going to innovate. And then we have the next group, which is called the early adopters. Those are the people that get behind and they say, yeah, that's me. And then we've got the early majority, and that's when the hockey stick starts to go up. We've got yeah, the yeah. majority, which is when it's leveling off. And then we've got the, uh, they call them the laggards, or if you the want laggards, to be nice, right. you can call them the late majority. Yeah. Um, and, and as you were talking, I was just imagining at what position do I find myself when, as you're talking, on this adoption curve? Because the people who make the most money are where? Right, right at the beginning. They're at the beginning. They're not the people who, uh, let's let's take Bitcoin in 2016. You know, at some point, you know, Bitcoin was worth nothing for years. And then suddenly in 2016, it was worth something. And then people started paying attention. The early adopters were like, all right, I'm going in. And then it started being worth like triple what it was worth a month ago. And then the majority starts jumping in. And by the time that late majority jumps in, it's already going back down. It's like you fully understand the opportunity, but now that you understand it, it's too late because we've taken away all the risk. You can't make money anymore. Right. That's that's what I that's what I hear. And that's and that sounds like that's the experience that that you've kind of had with uh with your real estate and business transactions. Yeah, again, we've you know, certainly in the in the merger and acquisition field, you know, we've done a lot of different, you know, um, you know, mergers and acquisitions are really they're really growth opportunities. And um, in, like really early in my career, um, I did a lot of them. And um, and it involved like going to different markets that I had never been to, like, you know, different communities and acquiring companies in different communities and getting to know people and kind of having to put yourself out there. And um, it was a little unusual. No one was really doing that in the, the real estate and, you know, in related fields. It wasn't, that wasn't kind of a thing, uh, but we just built a reputation 
you know, for being in our, we're, we're the largest real estate brokerage north of Boston um, in New England and, and, you know, that, that aspect of our business. And uh, we just became the go-to people. Like, you know, we have a very good culture. We're very culturally aware. Um, we don't have a lot of hierarchy. Uh, we don't operate, we operate on some formality because you have to, but, you know, the architecture of the organization is pretty open. And, um, and so we became really a nice home for somebody who is maybe operating another family real estate company or real estate company. And they really weren't, you know, they, they either had to get into like the estate planning phase or, you know, there's competitive conditions or whatever the case may be. And then we just kind of became the home for that, for those people. And, and so we, we've kind of carved out a niche that way. And, um, and then as, but as we were seeing the niche, it was interesting living through it and looking back on it, right? Is that as we were living through that niche being built, like we had to be self-aware, right? This is, this is the space we're in. And this is how, you know, we're being considered, right? We're being considered a very safe landing spot for, you know, a family business is now become a, a, a safe landing spot for other family businesses, right? So, um, but you had to be really self-aware of it. Like this is the space. There's a kind of a truth to it, Josh, right? Is that, that we have to be truthful with ourselves without judgment about what's our business? Who are we? What are we really doing? You know, how are we really perceived versus how we would like to be perceived? Yeah. The truth is never really aligned with our perceptions. <laughs> There's like no. your version, my version and the actual version usually. Yeah. So, and, and, and so, so along the way, so excuse me, it's like, so along the way, as we were developing, you know, this, this, uh, uh, identity, um, there were certain deals we wouldn't do because we're not, you know, we're a large company, but we're not corporate. And right. there were certain deals we would not do because we're not corporate types. And so we had to be honest about looking at some deals and saying, that's, 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 that's not us. And so I'm curious, as far as uh, deals, uh, acquiring businesses and, and merging them together, uh, are there some kind of baseline criteria that that you would be willing to share? Because uh, my, my audience is mostly entrepreneurs. I don't know how many of them find, kind of fall into your potential uh, acquisition, but I know that a lot of them are thinking about, at some point, they want an exit strategy. And uh, having their business acquired in some way is a potential exit strategy. So are there any kind of rules of thumb or best practices that an entrepreneur can start putting into place now that makes it attractive to someone like yourself or a business like yours? Yeah, I think, you know, regardless of the business, that's such a good question, Josh. I, I, I think regardless of the business, um, you're always having to prepare for that. Like, like, like you almost have to build the company around you not being there. Hmm. Makes sense. And, and yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and, and, it, and it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Because we're all entrepreneurs. So, you know, we're the juice, we're the energy, we, we've got the ideas, right? But the, but, but the key to it, though, is who are we surrounded by? And that somewhere down the road, if I want to have a change of control, um, well, who's the most, who, who's um who's who's the person who's least likely to to continue to stay and that's the entrepreneur mm. 
So it's a team you're building that you can, and, and you can take your team and you can take that team and hand it off to somebody else. Right. So I, I've heard that a, uh, a business where the owner is involved and his involvement is required is, uh, has a multiple of like one, maybe. Um, yep. and, uh, and if you can extract yourself, depending on the industry and some, some other, uh, factors that could double the value of the business or, or even significantly higher than that. Just, could you really quickly kind of explain? Sure. I'm, I'm kind of talking as a, from a, the, the perspective of a guy who knows nothing about mariners and acquisitions. I just heard that once, but you're an expert in it. And so could you kind of correct me on that or expand upon it a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good, good, uh, good line of thought. The, you know, the multiples are based on um, on earnings. So different industries have different multiples, right? So you might have an industry where the multiples are three, three times EBITDA, right? Earnings before, um, you know, interest taxes. Um, and so you you could have an industry where it's ten times, or it could be twenty times. It just it just all depends, right? And um, but the value, the the EBITDA, you've got the you've got the EBITDA on paper. So this this company makes money, you know, it makes a million dollars a year. It's a five times industry, so okay, it's five million dollars. You know, some kind of simple math. You know, the deal, the deal is the people. The deal is what what the value and the quality of the deal. And what will and what will encourage a, an acquirer to take more risk, and more risk would be in a higher purchase price, in better terms, right? Is uh, is the value of the team they're getting? That's the security. You're as, as the entrepreneur. You're you're not um, your ideas and your energy to get things started, and your mentorship, you know, leadership. All of those are are vitally important. At some point, though, you're you're no longer um, you're not you're no longer the key person, and that's that's hard for us as entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. I this is my show, man. It can't be your show. It's my show. I yeah, built this show. Yeah. I'm the star of this. But show. it's built. But it's got to be built to have be somebody else's show. Yes. Someday, it has to be built to be somebody else's show. So it's showcasing your culture. It's showcasing your employees. It's it's really partnering with them giving them the tools right this isn't this isn't about me it's about you guys and 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 because and and be open about it someday i'm not going to be here you're going to be running this thing i i had this friend of mine who's a uh, ceo uh, retired ceo and and out of big pharma and he said something to me really interesting he said um and this is big pharma right he said it's not the equipment that runs the company it's the people. Yeah. You know, and so it doesn't really matter what we make or what we do. If you want to have, if you want to really have a successful, if you want to build that company to have a really successful change of control, you know, not only for you, um, but for your employees or, you know, your coworkers is that you've got to build it so that they can run it without you. Mm. Powerful, man. So, uh, tell me a little bit about what you're doing now and who's a, who's a good candidate to reach out and connect with you and how can they do that? 
So um, thank you for that. Uh, I, I'm still involved in, in our, our various businesses, although I'm, I'm, I'm mostly out of the day to day and, and my, my role is really strictly strategic at this point. Okay. Um, and uh, I've authored a couple books um, to, I've got another one coming out this fall. And, um, you know, people can just find me on my website, chrismassiello.com. And, and uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, um, you know, I, I do some consulting, so I'm available if, if people are interested. But I'm happy to answer just basic questions, you know, for people anytime. I think that's part of giving, right, is that, you know, all of us in this, in our entrepreneurial lives, um, we've all been treated fairly by other people. And we've all been gifted with knowledge. So, you know, it's one of the things that I, I don't mind sharing, you know, whatever I've learned because, you know, every opportunity I've ever had to work with other people or to work a situation has also been an opportunity to work on myself. So I'm always happy to share. Because people are what makes it work. Yeah. It's, it's all, all about, about building that relationship. And and just really quick, I know you, you have a book out called Change. Tell me about this. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, it's called Change, short and simple. Uh, you can find it across the various booksellers. Um, became a um, Wall Street Journal bestseller, and um, and it, it's really a short book. It's about 110 pages. And you know, we were talking about action, right? It, it yeah. it's it is a it's it is self described by actually most of the reviews it, it's gotten is it's a actionable, very digestible book. So basically these are strategies to help move you through a change process. Could be anything, could be personal, could be work, health, it doesn't matter. These change, these strategies, and these are just things that I've learned over time that have been either gifted to me or you know, through others, or I've learned on my own through my own experiences. And, and it's really a change strategy book. And, and it, it it starts talking, it, we, we start talking about change for people to understand that we all come pre-wired a certain way. So there's nothing wrong. Like if you don't like change, like you came here that way, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Right. Your job now is to change the wiring. Yeah. That's and that's what the book does. It helps you, it helps you change the wiring and walks you through uh, steps and sequences and stuff. So. Awesome. I love it. Wall street journal bestseller. Eh? exciting yes it's done well and i'm and i'm I've, it's had a lot of support and uh i am um, grateful to have had the opportunity to write the book because uh, for me i i've just like i said I, I i've had so many great opportunities and to me it seemed uh uh not to share it felt like a just dis, like a disservice if that makes sense so the book is is really designed that way so. makes total sense Thanks for that. So we're going to wrap up from here. Thank you so much to our guest, Chris Massiello, for joining us and sharing some wisdom about how he gets stuff done. You can learn more and connect with him directly by going to chrismassiello.com. Also, I recommend that you pick up his book, Change, available wherever you purchase books. Uh, if you listen to us on your morning commute or in your workout or out in the field somewhere, be sure to snap a selfie and tag me at JT literally. Tell me what you do in the do zone. Also, if you're ready to break the seven-figure barrier with your business, but you know what got you here, ain't going to get you there, we can help. Go to imfactor1.com now, and let's see how much impact we can make in less than six minutes. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. 
I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. You just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with. Because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.